The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome to the show. Oh, my goodness. You know what? See what has happened from all of you great listeners helping move this show to number one. And by the way, let me remind everyone that is people with disabilities or people who care about people with disabilities. Now, look at who we have as our guest. Wow. That's the only word I can say is wow. Because we have a real celebrity on the show today, a well-known TV star from the number one show, which I love very much, by the way, and have watched for years, CSI. This is my favorite character on the show. This is my star on the show, Mr. Robert David Hall. Welcome to the show. Joyce, I'm blushing. My gosh. Oh, I want to say something before we talk about this any further. You know, I had the great pleasure of meeting David at an event, and it was at the American Association of People with Disabilities event, and he spoke there. But, you know, did you ever have a TV star and you're thinking, oh, I'd love to meet them. I'd love to meet that person. And then, you know, you try to meet them, and it's like blowing you off, dismissing you, just so you all know. He is the real deal. He didn't just talk to me. He talked to everyone that went up to him. He is a genuine, great human being, and more importantly, he's one of us. You all know I'm a woman with epilepsy. He's one of us, a person with a disability, and he cares about us. I am thrilled to have you. And that was one of the first questions I wanted to ask you, David, that there are many people, as you know, um, in America, who are celebrities or TV stars, but very few are like you. I mean, Greg Grumberg has with epilepsy, Michael J. Fox with Parkinson's, but very few take time to work with the disability community, and you really are a champion for us. Why well, do you think that is? Thank you again for that, that lovely intro, Joyce. You know, talking to people or being a human being, I was brought up right. My late mother and father, you know, taught me to look people in the eye and say hello and try to listen. Uh, the fact that I'm on a TV show shouldn't affect, you know, the way I behave in public. I, I, I don't really care for aloof or snotty stars, whether they're able-bodied or disabled, you know. That's just me. But people have been so nice to me because... Probably because they, <clears throat> excuse me, love the TV show. I, uh, I, I enjoy the recognition. I enjoy the work most of all. I've been knocking my head against the wall for many years to try to make uh, a living as a as an actor. And to get to answer your question, the reason there are so few 
people with disabilities on television or in the movies or writing or behind the screen is I think for years it was not considered a very smart career choice for people with disabilities. You know, the, uh, the idea of working in the performing arts was considered sort of a, a what would you say, just a, a foolish choice. And I, we'll, we'll talk more about this as the afternoon goes on here, but it's, uh, I always wanted to be an actor and a musician and work in show business. And I, when I became disabled 30 years ago, I'm, somebody said, well, you can't do that now. And I'm half Irish and Welsh and I'm just stubborn. You know, I, I, I didn't want to take no for an answer. And I didn't know that just because you have a disability, that you're automatically excluded from show business. And I, uh, that ticks me off when I hear people talking like that. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you that I'm going to be promoting this and everyone in the disability community listening. This TV star is going to be our star. We're all following him, Robert David Hall, because that needs to change. We need a change. We're tired of seeing shows where the person with the disability is the bad guy, the wicked guy, the invalid, someone to feel sorry for. This is what we need. This is what it's all about. And I knew we were going to have a lot of callers on the show, but we do have a call right now uh-huh. from someone I think so highly of, which is Terry. Are you on the line? I'm here, Joyce. Okay, Terry, go right ahead. Thanks, Joyce. Thank you so much, and hi, Dave. Hi, Terry. And, Joyce, thank you so much for having this show on. You know, it's a real, it's been a 30-year struggle here for actors with disabilities and even longer. But it was the Screen Actors Guild 30 years ago that included disability in the Affirmative Action Non-Discrimination Clause of the Collective Bargaining Agreements with the producers, and that was the first time, 10 years before the ADA, that this was involved. And so Davis has taken the torch in terms of the chair of the National um, Committee of Performers with Disabilities, and I hope later in the show he'll talk about the IMPWD uh, campaign that's going on. But this show on Thursday night, this episode of CSI, now, Dave is when the only actor with a disability to have a recurring role, a starring role on a show. There's been some guest stars, there's been some in background, but this is very significant. And this episode on Thursday night at 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock Central, but check your local <laughs> listings, um, has a full storyline about David's character. And, you know, the media is a powerful influence in our lives. It was Daniel Shore on NPR who said, if you're not... If you don't exist in the media, for all practical purposes, you don't exist. And so when you look at television, film, uh, cable, even our personal screens and the new media, and there's an absence of disability, yet we know that 20% of the population has a disability, and where are they in, in, in scenes of workplace? You know, we know that companies like AT&T and Bank of America and Walmart and IBM and all those companies that are involved with the USBLN and with COSD and um, the Office of Disability Employment Policy, there are thousands of employers that are employing people with disabilities. But when it comes to television, film, they're invisible. So there's a whole campaign now that Dave will talk about. It's a renaissance. It's, it's people with disabilities claiming their power and their pride. And 
demanding and, and wanting, rightfully so, equal representation uh, in television and media productions. And that's really important. And the producers are supposed to be, quote, accurately portraying the American scene. And so this Thursday night show, we hope you'll tune in. We hope you'll watch it. Um, if you like it and you want to see more characters with disabilities, both employment in front of the camera and behind the scenes, and more enhanced and realistic media portrayals, not the ones that Joyce you know, just mentioned about the angry person with a disability or the sick person, but the real authentic disability story, then we hope that you'll write to CBS and thank them, and that will encourage more of this kind of thing to happen. Well, first of all, Terry uh, Squire, just so you know about Terry, she's been on my show before, but for those of you, if you don't know her, she is a civil rights leader. Really, for years I've known her since she was on the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities, fighting for rights forever with Hollywood, trying to get them to represent us quickly. Terry, just one minute. What's the name of your company? It's called Ainsoft Communications. And, you know, uh, Joyce, my advocacy started, unlike anybody else's advocacy started, with a personal experience. And in 79, I went out on an audition. I had a temporary disability and was told I couldn't... Uh, try out for that role, and it infuriated me. And and myself and Alan Toy and several other people started that committee within the Screen Actors Guild that Bill Shallard, who was then president of. So, you know, it takes our personal experiences, whether temporary or permanent disabilities, and a sense of injustice to motivate us and mobilize us into action. And each one of us together can and we will make a difference. Well, David, and I, I agree with you, Terry, and I'm so excited about what you're trying to do. Listen, folks, uh, David told you how he had an accident many years ago. Do you want to talk about that for a minute, David? Uh, yeah, uh, certainly, Joyce. I just wanted to say I'm always aghast at Terry's eloquence. It's just I know Terry can say in five minutes what takes me 20 minutes. So, Terry, <laughs> that's what I was going to say, but thank you oh, so I'm much. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take your line, no, no, Dave. No. That's not a good thing. It's Terry uh, especially, but Terry, among three other people, is really the queen of the Nile here. She she got things going in Hollywood, and all I'm trying to do is to carry the torch. The uh, Excuse me one minute, Terry. Did you notice what he called you? Yes, I Not did. Joy Queen of the Nile. And I started calling Joy Queen, Queen B. B when President Remember? Clinton gave her a award. Well, well, we all love each other, but <laughs> yeah. the, the, thing, the thing that gets to me is with 54 million people with disabilities, yeah. Yeah. where are we? I mean, you just don't see us in the media, in, on TV, in the films, in advertising. And we're not all hiding in a burrow somewhere. It's... A lot of corporations have made strides in terms of hiring, employment, advancement, etc. But my particular industry seems to be the most reluctant to actually admit people with disabilities into the inner sanctum. And mm -hmm. we're, we're changing that, and there have been improvements. And, I, and I, you know, I've had a career for 30 years, but there are so many young people, younger people with talents, and disabilities who need to be uh, writing, directing, uh, working on crews, as well as acting on these shows. Hollywood likes to talk about itself as a meritocracy, 
you, you succeed based on your talent, your merit. But the, the truth is, until you get that audition or that interview, it's a meritocracy for everybody but people with disabilities. So, uh, and you asked about my accident. I can talk for five seconds or five hours about it, but I'll give you the, the very brief version. Uh, 30-year-old, middle-class Caucasian man working at a radio station in the morning, writing ad copy in the afternoon, taking acting classes in the early evening, playing guitar in a band at a bar. That's what I was doing when I was 30. I, I worked, I slept four hours a night. Somewhere in show business was what I wanted to do. I wasn't sure what. And I was run over by a drunk truck driver in an 18-wheeler. I was burned very badly. Uh, I, both my legs were amputated, one above the knee, one just below. And 1978 was a bad summer for me. But I had a lot of love and a lot of care. And it turns out I'm a tougher guy than I thought I was, as, as many people in your audience are. You know, it's, I meet lots and lots of people with disabilities, and we all have stories, which leads me to what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be in the storytelling business. That's what acting is. Why should people with disabilities be denied a chance to participate in the storytelling business? Well, the answer is, we shouldn't. And so I studied, I studied with a great teacher named Gordon Hunt for 10 years, Helen's dad. And mm. I joined a, a, a classical theater company. All the while, I had a radio job. So I was one of the lucky ones who had a creative gig. I used to do, and I still do, voiceovers. And my acting career developed slowly because the only roles back in the 80s, as Terry can tell you, were generally the angry, mm -hmm. disabled, what I call crip roles, uh, or, you know, the pathetic disabled guy, the, uh, mm -hmm. the guy who needed the, the uh, star of the show to validate you. But there was a way, I, I learned the business, I learned my craft, and uh, very slowly, <laughs> you have to, I, I got older. I grew a beard. They started casting me as judges and teachers and doctors and things like that. And finally, I, I did a few movies, which helped, and did lots and lots of theater. And uh, this one-day audition for CSI came along. I got the role. I, I, I did my one little day, the fourth episode of the first season. They liked me, and I've done 200 episodes since. It made and, a, and can I tell you something? Yeah. I love you on that show. Yeah. Well, I'm, I I'm, love your character. In case you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about the man who, even though we know this is TV land and even though we know it isn't real, frequently makes me have to turn my head away when I'm watching CSI. <laughs> frequently. Oh, you I, do, I, that I do that to, to me. my wife we're, and Terry and a lot right. of people. <laughs> yes, he plays the part of the corner, Dr. Albert Robbins. But to me... Here's the most important thing. He's a great actor, and that's what this is all about, isn't it? About focusing on ability. Period. Yeah. And Dave is you, a great there, advocate too. There are Terry. a lot of other fine actors who happen to have disabilities. Uh, Ann Stocking, Annie Murphy, uh, Jerry Jewell, 
many people know. Uh, mm-hmm. Who am I forgetting? Terry Chris Templeton, Alan Toy, Henry Holden, Vicky Lewis, Vicky Lewis, uh, you know, Jim Troche, uh, Marley Matlin. Jim there's Troche, there's Marley, Mar- a lot of them. Anita Hollander. Sexy. There are so many actors and actresses with disabilities. There are hundreds and hundreds of them, and there's no reason why they can't be used in in storylines because we see in reality them working and going to school and if you look at school rooms there aren't kids with disabilities in the school rooms either but that's the whole diversity effort in the entertainment industry um, can be a leader and a trendsetter in terms of disability inclusive diversity that we're all talking about but Dave has been working very hard to change that corporate culture of that industry. And so um, and I want to thank Dave for his advocacy and not only his fabulous performances in front of the camera, but behind the scenes in working with groups like AAPD and National Spinal Cord Injury Association and Career Opportunities for Students with Disabilities and all of those efforts. And um, I get, Dave, I get thank you. a lot out of it myself, Terry, as you know. Yeah. People are always very welcoming to me because of the television show, but I um, I am really grateful for the platform that CSI has given me, the chance to go and meet a bunch of different human beings. That's That's really what the key to this whole thing is. Television has such a stereotypical way of looking at things. For the first 10, 15 years of my acting career, the only roles that I could ever audition for were the occasional disabled guy roles. And my my able-bodied friends from acting class would have 100 auditions a year, and I would have five, six, seven, eight auditions a year. And believe me, the math works. You've got to have a large number of auditions to have a career as an actor. And it's... Uh, we are. That's why we say. That's why it's so important. I, I don't. I'm not the language police, but we are people with disabilities. Our stories, while they involve our individual disabilities, our stories are about us as people. You know, we are mothers and fathers and sons and daughters, lovers, taxpayers, uh, radio broadcasters, actors and lawyers and social workers. You know, it's. There is no reason under God's, you know, blue sky that people with disabilities shouldn't be playing all of the roles that uh, you see in movies and television. It's just, it's simply... Uh, outrageous. Outrageous. It is outrageous. Yes, and listen, listen, before yeah, I forget, because I don't want to up, uh, we have so many people that are going to want to talk to you, and I knew that, but this one gentleman has been waiting since the beginning of the show. <laughs> so while Terry, you can stay on, Terry, but we have I'm a Henry. Up, but thank you so much, Joyce. Are you are you leaving, Terry? Yes, I'm leaving now, but thank I you, wait, David. Before thank she goes, you. Terry is the person Leading the way in Hollywood for us, Terry. You are Queen Bee. Thank you. Thanks, Queen Bee. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. We have uh, on the line from New Jersey, and he's been on the line from the beginning. Henry from New Jersey, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. Thank you for being so patient. I want to tell you that first. Well, go, go ahead, Henry Holden. It's an honor to listen to Robert David Hall. He's really doing a lot for the disabled community, fifty-four million people. Now, there was a, a statement outrageous. What I feel is outrageous is that the disability community really does not support this movement, 
And I feel that until they make visibility in the media a priority, it just won't happen. The disability community has to realize that the more visible we are on TV, that it will impact our employment opportunities. So just like the, the black community, when they were outraged when there were no actors of color during a new season, they protested and they got the networks to change their mind and include people of color in the new season. That has to happen in the disabled community. They have to be outraged when they do not see people with disabilities in their new primetime shows. And I really feel until that happens, uh, we'll have certain blimps, but we'll not uh, take it on in full force. Well, Henry, I'm going to tell you what. We're taking up your challenge this time. And I really appreciate you calling, pointing that out, because there are over 50 million of us. And just as Henry is saying, you know, the Honorable Tony Quello, who is my mentor and who was the author of the ADA and also is a person with epilepsy, he says, Joyce, when you get a chance to take the podium, speak up. So I'm taking the chance right now to, to say, listen to Henry's challenge. Here's what you can do for Henry. This Thursday night is the key episode we're talking about on CBS at 9 o'clock Eastern Time with Robert David Hall, where for the first time he is going to have a leading, be the lead character, featured character. You know, the story is going to revolve more around him for the first time. So, number one, Henry, I want you and everyone you know to watch that show, but then after that, we want to send a letter to CBS. Uh, David, can you talk about that one minute while, yeah, while Henry's I, on the line? I also want to uh, amplify quickly, on, on something. I, I want to quickly say, you're not doing it for Henry. You're not doing it for David. You're not doing it for Joyce. You're doing it for yourselves. By writing this letter, you're saying, I am part of the American scene. I am part. I deserve opportunities to work. Thank you. Uh, Amen. Go Henry. ahead. What were you going to say there, David? Well, I, I just wanted to amplify something Henry said. Uh, I've known Henry for, for many years, and I appreciate all of the work he's done and his talent as well. Uh, the Each of us, when I first became a person with a disability, people focused on, oh, I have polio, oh, I have mobility, dif I'm deaf, I'm blind, I, I have multiple sclerosis. I, I do things for my individual disability. I'm a burn survivor. I'm an amputee. But until we really find the glue that keep, brings us all together, and Joyce, you're doing a lot of this work right now too, but we're all people with disabilities, and we have to be a loud, articulate group. Uh, otherwise, all of our efforts are scattered. Henry and I have worked... Henry is the uh, chair of the Screen Actors Guild Performers with Disability Committee in New York, and I'm the national chair. And we're doing a program right now called Inclusion in the Arts and Media for People with Disabilities. It's called I Am PWD. And what we're trying to do is, is get a bunch of allies together from the entertainment industry, education, business, politics, and we're trying to... It's like collecting tinfoil. We're trying to get a big ball of, of like-minded people with disabilities and 
uh, supporters of people with disabilities and help them realize that images are critical. A little kid with a disability, if you don't see somebody like yourself in TV or the movies or in the comic books or if you just don't see yourself reflected, as Terry said earlier, it's almost as if you don't exist. You start to think that you don't matter. And believe me, we matter. And so I am PWD, which, by the way, you can go to IAMPWD.com and learn all about this program. But uh, it's a three-year effort by three guilds, Screen Actors Guild, the American Federation of TV and Radio Artists, and Actors' Equity, the stage actors. And uh, some great people are involved with this. It's, not, it's certainly not just me or Henry. It's, it's a, a coalition of people who get the concept that image matters. It's not enough to be a brave little disabled soldier. We're human beings who are part of the American scene and who are just not shown on television. I, I think we're every bit as, you know, I, I've often said this, we're, we're as beautiful or ugly as anybody else. We're certainly as smart or as dumb as anybody else. We are human beings. We spend money. We, we like sex. We like movies. We like going out to dinner. We like vacations. We like education. We take part in politics. You know, why am I not seeing that so much on TV? The answer is simple. People, we are not perceived of as a powerful, cohesive force. And I want to be a small part, just like you do, of bringing that together. We can all have our individual disabilities, but it's, it's critical that we realize that we need to speak with one voice as well. And the work you're doing and a lot of other folks are doing, uh, boy, if we can stop reinventing the wheel and if we can just speak with a loud, powerful voice, that's, that's it. And I agree with you. And, Henry, I want to also thank you for calling in. It's my pleasure. And, again, uh, uh, the disability community has to be selfish, and they have to insist that they be represented on TV. Uh, less than uh, a fraction of a percent is not tolerable. Yeah, let, Henry, uh, let me explain they that. will make this a priority in the coming years. We, had a, we commissioned a study about uh, four years ago, Joyce, that uh, Dr. Olivia Rayner from UCLA did along with the Screen Actors Guild. It turns out that one-half of one percent of all words uttered on TV are spoken by somebody with a disability. That's all. In a, oh. con- in a country... Or, where, or portrayed, David, or portrayed. Or portrayed. In a country where 20%, roughly 20% of the population have some kind of a disability, to only have one-half of one percent uh, portrayed or, spoke, or word spoken is shameful. That is shameful. That is shameful, and we, Henry, we are going to do something about this. And, Henry, I also want you to get back in touch with my company uh, at Bender Consulting Services, I'm Jay Bender at BenderConsult.com, so we can have you back on so we can keep this message going. You need to talk to Henry. He's a great speaker. Well, no, okay, thank you, Henry. I think we have another caller on the line. Andy, are you on the line? I am. Hi, Joyce. Hey, Andy, how are you? I'm good. Hi, Andy. This is Andy Imperato. 
another great leader in America, because I know he would never, ever, ever, ever say this about himself, but he is the CEO of the American Association for People with Disabilities, AAPD.com. I'm doing an ad because I'm on his board. Go ahead, Andy. Thanks, Joyce. I just wanted to call in and really thank David for his leadership on this issue. Um, I think it would be easy for David to be a successful actor and not rock the boat too much in Hollywood, and I've gotten to know David over the past couple of years, and he's not afraid to rock the boat. He's not afraid to be a leader for our community. Uh, I agree with Henry that more of us in the disability community need to make this a priority. We had a very broad coalition that worked together to try to send a message around the Tropic Thunder uh, depiction of people with intellectual disabilities. That coalition continues to want to work together and want to engage with Hollywood and the entertainment uh, industry. And, uh, you know, at APD, we're very supportive of the IM PWD campaign. And uh, as I think um, David knows, we, we're working with American Airlines to highlight the best television commercial featuring a character with a disability. Uh, this is something that we announced at our gala when David was the MC. So we agree that we need to be more visible on television and in the entertainment uh, industry. And I guess I just had a question for David as a as an industry veteran. Do you agree with Henry in terms of looking at other civil rights constituencies and what they've done that, that's particularly effective? Are there things that we can learn from what other civil rights constituencies have done to try to increase the authentic depiction of their constituencies in movies and television and other forms of entertainment? Well, thank you, Andy. It's nice to, to talk to you again. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. The uh, I, I think as a movement, we're foolish not to learn from people that have gone before us, uh, people of color, uh, women, name your group, seniors, etc., cetera, uh, gay, lesbian uh, coalitions. It's really critical that you look at what what's worked. In the African-American community in, in Hollywood, uh, Henry mentioned the, uh, the particular protest about the lack of lead characters of color. And it's a little complicated in the disability world because we sometimes are seen as a splintered group as opposed to a, a large coalition. To, between you and me and Joyce, we all get it. But not everybody out there gets it. People in Hollywood like to talk a good game. And, you know, some, I've been lucky. Uh, I think I have some talent, but I've, I've been fortunate. I'm not too disabled in the eyes of people. You know, they, they see me walk with a crutch, so they assume certain things about me. But when, when we are perceived of as a powerful, uh, Group, lobbying group, whatever you want to call it, then a lot of a lot of uh, walls are going to break down, doors are going to open. But until we're seen as that powerful group, like NAACP or GLAD or Nosotros, you know, and that's why I I really think your group AAPD is critically important. Is when some when somebody does something stupid or says something dumb or paints a negative portrayal of people with disabilities. Up until recently, we haven't had a voice to uh, to jump out there. And I think with AAPD and a couple of other folks, 
we're starting to have that voice. And Hollywood is a little slow to pick up on the signals, but uh, they're slowly getting there. I'm, you know, I just hit 60, so I'm looking to the younger people who are coming up. We need, you know, we just need to support, encourage, let the networks and the studios know about, uh, I, I won't be self-serving, about younger people who are trying to get into this business. There, there are writers out there with disabilities. You know, it's a point of view. We, we keep talking about telling our story, but the point of view of an African American is different than a, the point of a view point of view of a Caucasian person. It's it's not better. It's not worse. It's different. The point of view of a person who lives with a disability is different than a person who does not live with a disability. And it's every bit as valid and as good as anybody else's. It's just not there yet, and uh, we have to we have to be very vocal about it. Hope I'm not blabbing too much there. No, you're not, Andy. Are you still with us? I am. Okay. Did you want to? Did you have any other comment about that, Andy? Well, I just you know you know that AAPD is active with the leadership conference on civil rights, and I I agree with you. I think the more we can frame this as an issue of diversity in the media and help people understand that our constituency is invisible, and it raises the same kinds of problems that Hollywood has dealt with over the years with other constituencies. I think that's the best way to make our point here, and I and I feel like. There have to be strategies that have worked with these other constituencies, That's whether right. it's creating, you know, entry-level positions for people to make their way up in the industry, whether it's, you know, having workshops or, you know, whatever the strategies are. But it seems like um, this is a, a road that other folks have traveled, and it's time for our community to go down this road and to follow the successful strategies that other folks have implemented. Absolutely. Um, Joyce, I wanted to tell you, too, I had... The best time, I was the co-MC of the AAPD Gala in Washington. Well, I, I saw you there as well, but uh, and got to meet Tony Coelho for the first time. Uh, and Andy, what was that building we were in? It was one of the most amazing structures. The National Building Museum, which, oh. which was where Civil War veterans went to get their pensions, so it has an important disability history. Well, we had a wonderful time. I actually met Andy at the uh, presidential forum debate in Ohio last summer and we had a, a very good time you know talking and getting to know each other and uh, just <laughs> meeting some of the uh, the powers that be but Andy does a great job and AAPD is a wonderful organization it is it is a wonderful organization and Andy somewhere on your website would you be able to put something on there so if our listeners Thursday night, after they watch the episode of CSI Thursday night, um, where to send in to CBS? Absolutely. Can you do that for us? Okay, everyone, you're going to be going to AAPD.com. See, here's what I want you all to do. You're all going to watch CSI this Thursday night. Afterwards, you have to send a letter, write a letter to CBS telling them how important this is, how much you want to see actors with disabilities in key roles, how much you enjoyed this, trust me, letters, letters, comments, getting in touch with them, it will matter. So here's what you're going to do. 
Go to aapd.com, and Andy can put the exact web, the uh, exact email on there because I know Terry has that also. Because uh, we got to do something here. Yeah, we can't just talk about this. And right. Joyce, if I can just add, we should also be thanking the the companies that are advertising on the show that night for supporting a show that includes authentic depictions of people with disabilities. Oh, that is a great idea. That is a great idea because, see, the more you do, the more you will get. So, Andy, maybe you can just add that little line you just said, you know, whenever you put that on your website. Again, remember, AAP.com is a cross-disability organization, and it is also very, we are concerned about civil rights across the board. But, come on, folks, this isn't right. You know, every time the person has a disability, they're either a criminal Someone you feel sorry for, you know, the evil guy, the bad guy, the pathetic guy. Come on. we got to change that. We're, we've all been working to humanize this situation, and I think you said it, too. It's, it's a cross-disability issue. It affects all of us, whether, <clears throat> whether we know it or not. I, you know, I grew up in a family. I have a blind brother. I have a sister with diabetes. I had a grandmother with a multiple sclerosis. I never even knew these things were called disabilities. They were just Bruce, Margaret, and grandmother. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's that's kind of the basis of my when I became disabled. It wasn't the end of the world to me. It was just something that happened, and I was fortunate enough to have an education and a and a support group around me and a job, which is what I wanted. You know, jobs are the kind of especially right now in this economy are the key. To self-respect and a feeling of self-worth, so it's a it's an exciting time and a challenging time. But I I choose to think that AAPD and some other groups and your work and what we're trying to do with IMPWD, I'd like to believe these things can all be synergistic and play off one another because that's that's how things get going. That's right. I agree with you. Hey, Andy, I agree, Joyce. I'm going to sign off, but I do want to thank Andy? you, Joyce Bender, for your leadership on all of these issues. You are a media personality yourself, and you're bringing the issues of our community to an international audience with this show, and we really appreciate your leadership. And, David, uh, keep up the good work. I'll be watching the show on Thursday night, and hope I get to see you again soon. Yeah, Andy, I'm going to be in New York in the, in the kind of the 11th, 12th, 13th of of May, so I'll give you a call first. Great. Great. Hey, Andy, thank you so much. Remember, www.aapd.com. Thanks, Andy. And, I, you know, I, we have another caller on the line that I'm going to take in a minute. I just want to say one thing. Uh, you know, David, uh, as a woman with epilepsy, I'm very honored that in a few weeks I will be the national chair of the Epilepsy Foundation of America. Congratulations, John. And you better believe <laughs> this will be on my agenda. This will be on my mind. You better believe it because my whole world is employment. You know, that's what we do at Bender Consulting. We employ Americans with significant disabilities. And here's what I think. If I have you changing the way people think by seeing you in these roles on television, you're going to help me see people get employed. Good. Hey, and, we and, have... and we need, you know, uh, thank you for that. And, and I don't... I don't take it lightly. I mean, I'm an actor. I've been trying to get my mug in front of people for a long time. But there are 
I was just too dumb to realize that some people didn't want that. We need a slew of of new young faces, and I, I want to encourage any young person who's really committed. It's a tough it's a tough profession, but if you are willing to do the work and have the talent, uh, you should not be denied. And you've got to you just have to make a a vow to yourself. And we have to promise that we're going to support our younger people in the arts. It's just, it's that simple. They, it's not a dilettante thing. Art, uh, media is a big business. People with disabilities pay into it, and we deserve to benefit from it. All right, I think we have a caller on the line that's been waiting. Do, is Steve on the line? Yes, Steve. Hey, this is Steve Tengus on the line. Uh, do you know Steve? I do David? not know Steve. Hi, Steve. Uh, yeah. Hi, David. We never met yet, but I, I just couldn't uh, pass up the chance to publicly uh, thank you. I think Joyce having this discussion today and David's portrayal on Thursday, um, it's what our community needs to do. We need to support individuals like David and the others on the show today because it's all about accurate portrayal of people with disabilities. <laughs> and, David, when I was 18 back in 81, um, this is going to be a first to the disability community, but I was very into the dramatic arts back in my hometown of Davis, mm-hmm. and I wanted to pursue a screenwriting or a directoral position in the industry and when, like many of us, went to the VR department and said, this is what I wanted to do and they laughed as a at career you, path, they? they said, no, you're unrealistic. We won't provide you any support. And uh, that's what turned me around uh, professionally to pursue public policy yeah. and health care for our peers with disabilities. So... At an early age, I encountered the discrimination firsthand uh, at the state level, mm-hmm. let alone what occurred in the 70s and 80s in the industry. So as a peer with a disability, I want to thank you for your leadership in that industry to support your peers to provide better, accurate portrayals of people with disabilities. Steve, I want to thank you because I have to tell you, I think public policy work is is sometimes grunt work, but it's sometimes the most brilliant stuff around. And without people pushing against the system and doing solid public policy work, a lot of this stuff would be meaningless. You know, it's... Well, I did take... I'm trying to. I'm not just trying to pay you a compliment. I'm saying I don't think inherently one job is better than another job, but I think that people with disabilities need to be in all of these jobs because I, like I said earlier, obviously you have something to offer to public policy. But obviously, had the cards been different, and had you know the well-intentioned bureaucrats in 1981 said, sure, let's give him a year down at SC Film School. Who right. knows? Your life might have been different. Right. But your life is pretty pretty damn valid, in my opinion. 
No, I, and I appreciate that because it's true. I made a hard decision. I was almost done with my Ph.D. and was called into public service. And look, at, I've accomplished a great deal for our community. Uh, in hindsight, the last eight years were now that I got my First Amendment rights back were a hellhole. But I'm at that point where I want to continue that both in the private sector and in an industry. And, in fact, I just got a call from the Russell Simmons Foundation about some possible consulting. But I want to just say publicly that if it weren't for actors like you that are able to voice and help the industry evolve, um, you know, you're having a big impact on the future uh, needs of that industry. And I, as uh, just a, a citizen now, just want to thank you for your effort. And like Joyce and Andy, if there's anything I can do pro bono to help you out, please contact me. Thank you. Uh, I, I want to say to you, Steve, but also to anybody else, we're in this thing together. That's the reason I'm involved. I, I, I dislike discrimination. I'm well aware that, let's say, I'm a double-leg amputee. I've got it easy compared to my friend Jim Trosh, who's a quad. Mm-hmm. We, we all fit somewhere on the spectrum of disability. But the bottom line is, for whatever reason, I have a little bit of a platform because of this TV show. So I rely on you or Joyce or anybody else. I'm an intelligent guy, but I'm not omniscient. And I sometimes am imperfect and politically incorrect when I speak. Mm -hmm. I know my intentions are, are good, but I rely on good information about... What's important to the disability community as a whole? I, I, I talked to Andy. I talked to, to Joyce. Uh, Vicki Lewis, Dr. Vicki Vicky Lewis of University of Redlands is one of my mentors and friends. Paul Longmore of San Francisco is a friend of right, mine. I know Paul. Paul's a great... Paul, you know, I was newly disabled, and I didn't realize people with disabilities had a sense of humor. Right. I had the good fortune to run into Paul Longmore, Right. who just cracked me up from the get-go, and I, I, I love him dearly, and I love his work. His, his work on images in the media mm-hmm. is, is important stuff, mm-hmm. as you know. Yeah. Oh, it is, I mean, he, he is phenomenal. He is, and I want to say one thing before he goes. Steve uh, was in a very, very high-level role in the last presidential administration, that continues to work as an advocate in the disability community. Um, and, Steve, I really appreciate you taking time to call in. Well, I, I couldn't pass it up, Joyce, because it's, I'm so ha- I'm proud of what David's doing, and I'm very proud of you as a peer for having this discussion because it's going to help us in the long run. It is, Steve. And, and Steve, we Thank will you. keep in touch with I you, and we will take you up on that offer. Okay. All have right. A great hey, day. Have, a, have a good too. day, Steve. You know what? I was thinking when we were on the phone here. I was, th- I mean, on the uh, radio show here. I was thinking. Uh, I don't know, David. Have you ever met Jeffrey Deaver? 
I, I know of Jeffrey, but I don't think I've ever met him. Okay, well, he was on my show over, I don't know, a year ago or so, but I've remained friends with him, and he's the author, uh, big mystery author, and he he had the uh, Bone Collector made into a movie yes. with Denzel yes. Washington, and as you recall, Denzel in that movie plays a character, Lincoln Rhymes, who has quadriplegia. Right. And I asked Jeffrey, hey, what made you do that? And he said, you know what? I'm tired of these movies where you can jump over tall buildings, do all these things. You know, let's be real, like what the real world is like. Right. At some time, I'm going to have you back on and I'm going to have him on. Well, that, I would love to do that, Joyce. I think that would be great. You know, it, it's funny. I'm all for realism in the American scene, but, I, you know, disabled people like seeing the X-Men and, you know, mm-hmm. Iron Man and all these other things. We're, that, that's kind of my point is, I think we're we're nobody jumps over a tall building. So the movie producers could have a guy in a power wheelchair zoom over a building if they wanted to. But the point is the the more critical point is that we're portrayed as real exciting, passionate, alive human beings because disability it's no news to anybody who's listening to your show. The medical model, although it's important we take care of, of the medical issues in the disability community, we are not medical models. We are human beings who, like anybody else, sometimes needs uh, medical care and sometimes doesn't. So, And you know what? We don't need them. You're right. We don't need the medical model. We need to take care of ourselves. But what he's meaning, listen, folks, that medical model is what's going to keep you unemployed. We are a culture of people. You bet. We and are a culture of people, and we want to see our people, whether they have epilepsy, bipolar disorder, in a wheelchair, deaf, I don't care what they are, amputees, we want to see them given roles just like anyone else is given a role. That's why, again, this Thursday night, 9 o'clock. CSI I, Crime I, Scene Investigation. Yes, CSI. <laughs> and, you, and you know what? Sadly, I didn't get to talk David into letting me be that corpse in the morgue. I couldn't talk him into it, but still, this Thursday night, I'm saying that because when I heard him speak... You make a lovely corpse, Joyce. Uh, <laughs> no, not with you. I see what you do to people. I told you, I have to turn my head away frequently, my even, wife though, too, even though you're my favorite character. Listen, everyone, CSI, Thursday night, 9 o'clock, you have to watch it so we see that spike. And then afterwards, you're going to go to AAP.com. You're going to get the information, and you're going to send that that letter to CBS. AAPD.com, right? AAPD.com. Right. Yes, sorry. AAPD.com. You're going to go to AAPD.com. Andy and Parado is going to make sure there's a little announcement there where to send your letter to CBS saying, hey, first of all, thank you, sponsors, for this show, but more importantly, you're going to say, we. Why are we not included? We want to be included. We want to be included. We see a character, finally, in a lead role with a disability. And, you know, David, I hope you know that you are giving hope to so many people and to so many young people who are bullied in school with disabilities, so many people. Here we have our TV star. You are giving hope. Thank you. I I also want to say real quickly that the 91 ADAPT protesters who got arrested uh, are people that give me hope, too. 
Amen. So. Yes, I agree. Well, David, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, A, that I'm, I'm honored. You know, look, I, I chose to be an actor. I'm real fortunate that working, you know, a lot of people work real hard and it never pays off. For me, I've, I've been able to have a career. It's lonely being one of the very few people with disabilities in my business. And I want, I want people just to remember that these images matter and that we have a right to be portrayed in a realistic and entertaining fashion. You know, we're not the butts of jokes and we are not fragile. And I, and I thank everybody who's listening today for their support. Uh, Steve Hingis just really touched me with his words and uh, Terry and Andy and Henry and everybody. Thank you so much. And Joyce, thank you. Oh, you are more than welcome, and we are going to stay with you and behind you 100% because you are doing something. We know you don't have to do this. We know you don't, and you are. And for that, I can tell you, I will always be your friend, and I will always be behind you. Now, once again, let's make sure we got this straight. You're listening to TV star Robert David Hall actor and civil rights leader from the TV show CSI, and it is on Thursday night at 9 o'clock, and you will be with your friend Larry Fishbourne, right? Yes. He will be, you will be a featured character in the show. This yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence and I have a, a magical mystery tour kind of an adventure, and uh, turns out we're both big fans of blues music, our characters are. And uh, I think it's actually a fairly comical episode, too, so... If you're a fan of the show and you like Dr. Robbins at all, please check it out. Oh, we don't like Dr. Robbins. We love Dr. Robbins. <laughs> I love and we you. Will, we Thank will you. be watching the show, and then after the show, you will go to aapd.com, and you will see where to write a letter to CBS telling them how important this is, how happy and delighted you were to see a TV star with a disability in a lead role. Please listen to me. Tell everyone. And by the way, if you miss, if you have a friend and you know they wish they would have heard this show, it will be archived on VoiceAmerica.com and on BenderConsult.com, and they can come back and listen to it. Take action. So with that, we're going to close the show. Thank you again, David. Thank so you so my best, much. My best to you and everybody at Bender Consulting and your audience, and uh, we'll do this again. All right, and listen, we end the show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader, and it is Mr. Robert David Hall, who says, media matters, and it does. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters, at voiceamerica.com, CSI, Thursday night at 9. Don't miss it. See you next week. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. 
Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader in Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 